turn with me this evening to 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we will be. and We're going to talk about a couple of things. Years ago, I don't know if how many of you remember the Rand McNally Atlas, the road atlases. And uh, before GPS, before smartphones, before uh, Google Maps, <laughs> When my wife and I would ever go anywhere, uh, I stopped at a convenience store early in our marriage when I knew we had to travel somewhere, and I bought one of those big old Rand McNally deals that uh, covered every state in America. And um, man, I would even, I'll tell you how bored I was, I reckon, in my house. <laughs> I'd sit in, in my chair in the evening and re read over the Rand McNally map. And you know, there was a time or two when I came across an error in the Rand McNally map and uh, a spot in the road that wasn't quite right or a community that was supposed to be here and it was over here <laughs> or a highway that was wrongly numbered or something like that. And man, wouldn't it be bad to put your confidence in a guide in a road map and come to the end of it or come to where you thought you were headed and you find out it's wrong, it's, it's fallible, uh, that it's an error, and you've spent all that time uh, going down the wrong road or headed in the wrong direction, and how bad would that be? Now, that'd be frustrating, wouldn't it? But can you imagine if it's frustrating in a physical sense to have been using a wrong guide or a wrong map. Man, multiply that by infinity. If the guide we have that God's given to us as Christians and as people that tells us not just how to live in this world, but it tells us how to get successfully from this world to the next world. Can you imagine hurt, damage, how important it is that you and I follow an infallible guide. And so tonight I want to draw our attention because I really believe that the Apostle Paul draws our attention to the Bible, God's book, God's infallible guide. Notice what he says in verse 14. But continue thou speaking to Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, you continue in the things which you have learned and you've been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child, Timothy, remember that you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, all Scripture, he says, every bit, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, throughly furnished, well-equipped unto all good works. Ladies and gentlemen, Keep your Bible open. These verses contain three imperatives that we all follow as it relates to our infallible guide, the Bible. 
Number one, God tells us in verses 14 and 15 to continue in the personal assurance of the Scripture. He says, Timothy, you continue in the things which you know to be true. The word continue is the Greek word meno, and it literally means to stay, to be fixed, to remain in any given state or place or relation or expectancy. In other words, you stay, you remain steadfast in the confidence that you have in the Bible. The confidence that you have in what you've been taught. Charles Spurgeon said that Timothy needed to be exhorted to steadfastness. And so do we. Never, never may any of us, he said, give ear to false doctrine. But may we all cling to the gospel with all of our might. Ladies and gentlemen, I urge you tonight, based on the authority of verse 14 and 15, to continue in the personal assurance. Ladies and gentlemen, you know beyond the shadow of any doubt that God's book is steadfast and real and true and faithful. You can take it to the bank. You can trust it with your finances. You can trust it with your family. You can trust it with marriage. You can trust the Word of God as it relates to success in life. You can trust the Word of God as it relates to running from temptation and being a success. You can trust the Word of God as it relates to walking with the Lord and finding God's vocational plan for your life. You can trust the Bible in every single thing. What it says about heaven, what it says about hell, what it says about eternity, what it says about the forgiveness of sins. What it says about restoring relationships with people. What it says about forgiving one another. You and I, thank God, can trust God's Word. We can maintain our confidence and our personal assurance in the Scripture. Paul talked about, he uses these phrases, He says you can have confidence and personal assurance in what you've been taught, what has been taught to you and poured into you by other people. He says here, knowing of whom you have learned them. Think of those who have poured the Word into you. For Timothy, it was his grandmother. It was his mother. It was Paul. But for you, who has that been? Who are some people that as soon as I ask that question, have poured the Word of God into you. For some of you, you think about a parent. You think about a grandparent. For some of you, you think about a pastor. You think about a Sunday school teacher. You think about a mentor, a disciple maker who came alongside of you and still comes along beside you in your life and they're pouring truth into you. Who is that for you? Paul said, Timothy, I want you to remember who it is who has taught you the Word. I think of my pastor when I was saved. I think of, who by the way, just turned 88 this week, still preaching, still a man of God. I think about the man, my daddy in the ministry, my daddy in the Lord that led me to Jesus and discipled me. He's my hero. He taught me the Word. Think about 
teachers that I've had that have impacted my life. I think about my pastor, Pastor Dan Patrick. I think about men who have poured themselves into me. I think about even my own mom who's since gone home to be with the Lord and the godliness that she instilled into me and poured into my life. Paul says, I want you to think about those who have taught you the Word. Then he says, I want you to not only think about those that have taught you, I want you to think about what you've been taught. He says, you continue in these things. You, you, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures, he said. And then he says, I want you to think about what you've been assured of. The word assured of there, that, that, that phrase literally means that that you have found to be reliable. You know, there are times when, for instance, I like to go deer hunting. Some of you know that. And I have climbed up in deer stands. It's always interesting the first time I climb up into a particular deer stand. If it's a new stand, I'm always dubious <laughs> as I climb the ladder. You know why? Because I've never climbed that particular ladder before. I've never sat in that particular stand before. And so when I, as I'm ascending up into the stand, I'm thinking to myself several things. Number one, is this going to hold me up? <laughs> is the wood stern or steady or firm? Is, 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 is the platform strong enough? Uh, uh, is the ladder secure? I think about all that, but can I tell you something? Paul said to Timothy, you remember what you know. What you know is right. What you know is true. What you've been assured of. You have found it to be fully reliable. The Holy Scriptures, he said. I want to ask you a question before we move on. How high is your confidence level in the Word? And how strong is your passion to live by its principles? Paul said, imperative number one is to continue in the personal assurance of the Scripture. Number two, he said, he said, I want you to recognize the powerful authority of the Scripture. Listen to verse 16. Look at it with me. He said in verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. He says this is God inspired every bit of the Bible. We see the source of its authority. It's the Lord. The word used there is theonoustos, and it literally means breathed out by God. Listen to 2 Peter 1, verses 19 through 21. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, Simon Peter said. A more sure word of prophecy. And what he's saying is, we have a more sure word than even if we heard the audible voice of God. Where's that contained at? It's contained in the Scriptures. We have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn, until the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. In other words, this wasn't a, a, a product of man's devices or design. This is the Holy Scripture. And he said, holy men of God spake as they were moved along, 
literally carried along like a wind blows through a ship's sails, carried along by the Holy Spirit. I noticed the totality of the authority, the scope of the Bible's authority. We've seen the source of the authority, now the scope of the authority. All Scripture. Scripture literally in every part, every part of Scripture. All Scripture. Not just some. Not just as it relates to spiritual things, but as it relates to every bit, biographical information, scientific information, historical, geographical information. It is all inspired by God in every part. Spurgeon said, never let us forget this, the whole of the Bible is inspired. And it is to be be devotedly received as the infallible truth of God. Get away from this and we have nothing left to hold on to. Whatever we do, he said, let us never give up the Bible. Those who would weaken our reverence for the Bible are our worst enemies. And I say, amen, Charlie Spurgeon. I agree 150%. God said, I want you to understand that the Bible is authoritative. Recognize the powerful authority that it has. Continue in the personal assurance of the Scripture. And then imperative number three, verses 16 and 17, Paul says, Now, Timothy, you yield to the perfecting ability of the Scripture. He says, not only is the word inspired, but he says it is profitable. The word profitable there means it's beneficial. It's useful. It fulfills its intended purpose. He says it's profitable. It makes a difference. It brings productivity and profit and gain and growth, health, spiritual health. He says it's profitable for doctrine. Oh, this is, means literally correct teaching or correct theology. That that we ought to believe. And I say this again, this is our sole source, our sole guide for not just our practice, but for our belief. Not just behavior, but belief. Not just actions, but faith. That that we hold on to for doctrine. Then he says it's profitable for reproof. In other words, literally refutation, information needed in this world to refute wrong thinking and wrong living. Man, how in the world are we going to know that we're going the wrong way? Because the Word of God will tell us. How shall a young man cleanse his way? Literally, how shall a young man, a young person, how shall any one of us walk in a way that's clean? Psalm 119, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And then he says it's profitable for correction. Literally, uh, this has the idea of setting something straight, restoring things to their proper use, correcting false notions and mistaken views. Then he says it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. This is literally, it means righteous schooling, (laughs) spiritual education. Then he talks about it's profitable for proper equipping for you and I as Christians that will be fully furnished, perfectly equipped 
like a soldier going into battle, going into combat, equipped with all the weapons necessary to wage a successful fight. God says, I want you to know everything you need for your journey, everything you need for your battle, everything you need for the day, you will find right here in this book. So there are three, four takeaways, four takeaways. Number one, tonight, as you understand these truths, will you reaffirm your confidence in the reliability of Scripture? The fact that you can trust it in every area. Secondly, will you reaffirm your submission to its authority in your life? In other words, will you take Scripture and will you come up under its authority in every area? Number three, will you let it do its full and deep work in your heart and life? As the Holy Spirit takes truth and uses it like a searchlight to go in and then uses it like a balm and a healing ointment to take care of what's wrong, and then will you constantly, consistently open it, read it, and let it transform your heart your mind on a daily basis. For some of you tonight, it's been a while since you've consistently had your quiet time with the Bible. I want to encourage you to prioritize it. Put it on your schedule tomorrow morning. and Let God once again bathe and recalibrate your mind, your heart, your spirit by getting in the Word letting the Word get in you. And all God's people said, <laughs> Amen.